Bags down, spikes on. Welcome to the track. Hi, my name is Colin Waitsman. I'm going to be your host for this episode of Track World News presented by the Harrier. And today we have a very special guest joining us uh, coming out of Oregon from Washington, now located in Florida. You're all across the United States. Uh, national champion as well as former national record holder in the 60 meter dash. We have Hannah Cunliffe. Hannah, thanks for, for joining us. Really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be on here today. For sure, for sure. Uh, definitely looking forward to chatting. And so, uh, like we mentioned, you're, you've been all over the country, I feel. You're, you must be logging tons of miles on your airline. Uh, so give us, if, we, if you had to do a ranking, first, second, third, for states that you've enjoyed being in, we have, or, let's say, Oregon, Washington, and Florida. What's one, two, three for favorite states that you've liked? Florida is one. Um, <laughs> I would say Florida, um, I don't know, it's really a tie between the other three. They're kind of all, I don't know, Oregon and Washington is just too rainy for me, I guess. Um, being in Washington, I guess I'll put that number two because I have family, good food there, um, and then Oregon, but Oklahoma was not my, uh, not, uh, <laughs> not very fun. <laughs> so the heat is where it wins out a little bit. There, there we go. That, that works. That works. And so, as you mentioned, from uh, Washington, Seattle area, I got a few different celebrities from Washington or from Seattle. I'm going to list them off and you say if they're legend or not. All right. Got four people okay. for you. Okay. So, number one, Jimi Hendrix. Legend. Bam. Easy. Easy. Uh, next, Rain Wilson, who was Dwight from The Office. Oh, yeah, I would say a legend. Boom, boom. I know some people don't like The Office. Are you a fan or, or, or no? Our whole family is. I'm not a fan, though. I prefer Seinfeld, um, you know, but yeah, Office, it, it's not my type of humor. <laughs> <laughs> there, all right. It's all right. I know a bunch of people that aren't, aren't fans, so it's all good here. Uh, then we have Dove Cameron, uh, actress. I never heard of her. She's like, she, I think she's a, a, Dis, a Disney actress. It might be, it might be a little bit past our, uh, our ages. So I think she's doing, she just recently got started. But, oh, okay. I mean, I'll say she's a legend if she's, you know, a Disney actri actress. <laughs> let, let's go for it. Let's go for it. And then last one, Macklemore. Oh yeah, of course. Definitely. <laughs> Boom. Love it. Yeah. His, uh, the international sensation of thrift shop. Uh, gotta love it. Gotta love it. But, uh, so you, you, for those that might not know, you come from a, a pretty large family and a, a pretty uh, athletic family as well. Uh, I think you, your sister is a professional pole vaulter. Your, your brother, Kansas, uh, was with the, the Bucks, and I believe now a, a color commentator for uh, ESPN with basketball. Um, tell me, what was a, the household like growing up with having so many people that are top top level athletes in in one under one roof um of course it was very competitive and me and my brother were really close in age he's actually um in the g league right now oh, yeah. with the milwaukee herd and trying to work his way up to the nba which hopefully it's coming soon um 
but yeah, of course it was super competitive and especially between with me and him, since we were only a year and three months apart in age. Um, and that, that was my best friend. So we were always competing and, you know, I was stronger than him up until I was like 13, 14. And, um, and, you know, he finally hit puberty and he could <laughs> beat me up or wrestle me then. So, <laughs> but yeah, it was, um, and, and my dad, he, he was an athlete as well. So it was always, you know, he was always trying to find ways to make competition. If it was just broad jumping in the living room, just to see how far you could go. Or if we were at the beach and he'd just pick a random person, Hey, you want to race? And he'd line me and someone else up and we'd race. So you know, it was always um, something that I, and I enjoy that and I don't like losing. So it was a good, um, it was, it was a good environment for me as far as the competitiveness for sure. Now I'm sure both of you guys are, must be very competitive athletes to you know, have in the, the G league as you know, one of the top developing leagues for, for the NBA and then yourself being a professional sprinter. Um, who would say is the better athlete if you guys were to be in a room and they're like, okay, who's the best athlete in the family? Who, who, who's saying who? I, I would say he is. Um, I mean, as far as the compliment accomplishments, I would say I am so far if we're talking about paper, but if we're looking at, um, I mean, he long jumped, he had the world record in the long jump at 10. Then he, you know, he was a basketball player, very competitive, or he is a basketball player. So um, as far as like all around athleticism, I'd give it to him for sure. There you go. Well, hey, you still have the na national champion as well. That's, that's yeah. don't, don't scoff at that. Uh, and so right now uh, you have your, your little sister, Chloe, who is a, a pole vaulter. And I, I was a pole vaulter myself. So I was like, oh, that, I didn't, I didn't realize that you guys were related until a little, little bit longer, but she's also very successful. Uh, what's it like having a, uh, a sibling, you know, your sister, being on the pro circuit as well. And so you, you'll have a familiar face um, when you're at some of these meets. Yeah, it was nice. Um, I actually think some of the meets we were roommates or, you know, we were, you know, of course close. So yeah, it's been nice. It's, we both know how each other operate. So, you know, sometimes when you have to share a room, it's easy going. I don't really have to stress about anything, meeting new people. Um, so, you know, it's, it's nice. And then just being able, honestly, it, it's nice to see her, but then we can't really see each other compete. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because we're both competing at the same time, but it, it's, a, it's enjoyable. It's nice to have um, family there. And then usually some family will come watch when we're at the same meet. So definitely um, a positive, positive impact on both of us. Yeah, yeah, I was uh, I was lucky enough to have my my parents were able to come out to most of my track meets, and so to be able to look in the stands and right before your your competition, even if you're like, yo, I'm in a brand new place, but I see see my family members are there, so it's good. Like we're we're fine. Yeah. It's, it's gonna work out. It's all, always a great feeling. And and so uh, for you, want to want to get started for for where track kind of started off for you. Um, when when was it that you you found the sport uh, of track? Um, I was eight years old. Um, like my, like I said, my dad had us running um, and doing just random street races all the time. But I joined my first club team at eight um, due to uh, I had a little sister in the hospital and she was born premature. So we were going there every single day. So my dad was like, hey, I need to get these kids, you know, kind of out of the hospital. So he just put us all in sports and um, yeah, took off from there obviously fell in love with it uh <laughs> and yeah I just I don't plan on stopping until I reach my goals and it's it's kind of been that same mentality since then yeah I mean I I remember when I was younger and just 
running was something that I was like, oh, I, I guess I enjoy running, but it was more playing on the playground and just, you know, having fun. When, when was it that you realized like, oh no, I'm actually, I'm not just fast for my school. Like I'm actually fast. Like when was it that you started to take track and field seriously and, and noticed that you, you did have a gift and it wasn't just playground speed? I honestly, I think it was my first year. Like I did not like to lose. If I lost, I cried probably all, all the way up until I was like 13, <laughs> 12. Like I take losing to heart. Um, and I was just very competitive. Like I said, that's how we were raised. So it didn't matter who you were. Like I wanted to win. If you were two years older than me, three, like I took that to heart. <laughs> so, um, you know, it was, uh, it was just like, it, I don't know how to, how to word it. Um, let's see. Let's come back. Yeah. Let's come back to that. We'll, we'll circle back. We'll circle back. Yeah. And yeah. so in, uh, for you in, in high school, you had a little bit of uh, difficulties with find, being able to even be able to, to compete with different rules and, and regulations throughout the state with uh, you know, homeschooling and then changing schools. You know, what, what was that like as, I guess, kind of one of your first major obstacles, I guess you could say, in, in track and then overcoming that to eventually get a, a scholarship? Um, that was a little frustrating, of course, because I'm, I'm like, I'm homeschooled. So how can you kind of regulate where I'm running? Um, and I, yeah, I was homeschooled majority. You know, I only went to kindergarten, fifth grade, junior, senior high school. So, um, yeah, I, I didn't really understand the rules and especially because my freshman year, you know, I stopped competing and then I sat out a whole nother year and then they still made me sit another year, my junior year. Um, so I kind of felt like they just didn't really, um, they kind of knew my name in the state and they just didn't, they didn't want to accommodate me is kind of how I felt. So my senior year, it was pretty difficult because I was having a good season. I knew I was able to compete. And based on my results, I knew I should win back-to-back -back state titles. And um, so my senior year, I got MCL a strain and a slight ACL tear. And so I had to rehab really um, aggressively to be able to, plus I was taking um, extra classes because um, some of my homeschool classes weren't approved by, what is it, the clearinghouse, NCAA clearinghouse. So yeah, my senior year I was taking, I think it was like eight classes, nine classes to try to catch up. And um, as well as dealing with my knee, trying to rehab that and then get healthy and compete in the championship. So to me, it was kind of like, wow, a lot of things are weighed against me, but I still want this really bad. And um, I was able to go out there, you know, rehab, I think I had like a month, um, a month and, and some days before the state championship where I was healthy and able to get there. So then I won, got past that. Um, but luckily my junior year, I had put up some good times. Um, and so that helped me with recruiting. Um, a lot of people tend to think, I feel like you need to run high school track to be recruited. And that obviously in my case, I don't think that was true. Um, and, you know, my dad had me travel to AU Nationals, USATF since I was, you know, nine or 10 years old. So my name was, you know, pretty much out there. Um, but yeah, just a lot of obstacles and just, I took them on as challenges, I would say. And then, 
you know, got, um, was heavily recruited out of high school. So, you know, I took my five official visits. Um, Oklahoma was kind of like a happy medium for me. Um, there were some things I liked about it. And I was also like, you know, pleasing some people for, you know, for going there when I really felt like, you know, the program that I would do well in was Oregon. Um, but, you know, I decided to give Oklahoma a try and there was just some things, you know, that I was promised or, um, you know, they kind of lie to get you there. If we're being honest, some coaches, not all, I won't say all, but, you know, just some things that I was told. And then when I got there, it just wasn't adding up. And, uh, and as well as some, uh, an incident that happened with a teammate, um, and I just didn't feel like, I felt like they were more so trying to make an example out of me instead of using me as a leader, if that makes sense. Like, okay, we're going to take our fastest person and yeah, use, you know, you can't do this just, and just didn't feel, yeah, like I was the only one who made indoor nationals and I just didn't feel like the intensity of, of the people around me was going to bring me up to the top. And so I just kind of knew, yeah, it was time for me, you know, to transfer. I think I opened up I made indoor nationals. I did. I didn't do that well. Um, and then I opened up outdoor. I opened up 11-7 and I, I knew it was time for me to go. Because um, my, I mean, <laughs> I, I ran 11-5, 11-4 after rehabbing my knee. I shouldn't be running 11-7, you know. So I kind of knew it was my time to, to exit and um, go to Oregon, which was a smooth, it was, you know, a little rocky in the beginning, but it was a smooth transition. Um, and a perfect fit for me, I feel like, as far as the training, um, the intensity, and the, the competitiveness of my training partners, I, I honestly still believe to this day that's one of the best training groups um, I've had. And you just can't, you can't replace that when you have like four or three of the top, you know, women in the nation competing with you in practice. It's, you know, <laughs> can't go wrong. <laughs> yeah. I mean, geez, you just, so let's break it down, down a little yeah, bit. Sorry. Yeah. No, you bet. So you had a lot of things going on from a, a, a young age when, you know, you're in high school, you're, you got a lot of stuff going on. You know, there's your friends, family, you got track and field, you, you have your, your knee injury, you got to take extra classes. You don't have your, your high school track the last year. So I'm sure you got probably finals going on. Who knows what, what's up. <laughs> And then after that, you're like, okay, I got my school. I'm where I'm supposed to be. I got past the hard part. It should be good. Should be good. And then you have some difficulties with 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 the team of where you're first going. I mean, how was it that you're you're staying focused during this time when you know you're 18, 19 years old, and you're going through all these things where you're like, wait a minute, this should be the fun part. This should be the easy part. But it's it just seems like there's another obstacle after it. Like, how are you staying focused and, and not just being like, okay, I, I, I'm giving up with, with all this right now? Um, you know, I think what, what always kept me going was, was my potential. Like, I believe in myself and I know I should reach a certain level. And until I get there, I just need to keep pushing. Now, don't get me wrong. There was many days where I was like, man, should I keep doing this? Like, you know, I've I had those thoughts in my head, like, do I want to keep going with this? Like, this is a lot, but, um, you know, I've just, I've been very headstrong as far as not letting people talk me out of my goals. Cause you know, I had people tell me, you know, you need to switch events, um, go to, go to another sport. Like there, 
you know, and I just, um, you kind of have to block out the noise and in, in your mind, you got to know what your goals are and you have to keep pressing until you get them. And, and I think I just, you know, life is about ups and downs and you're always going to have them. Like, it'll never be perfect. Doesn't matter how much money stability you have, there will always be ups and downs in life. And you just have to know how to just ride that, ride that wave. And, and eventually, you know, the, the down, your lows will become your highs. So just keep, keep pushing forward. And, um, and my dad had told me in high school, he was like, you know, there's going to be a lot of people, you know, they're going to want to have fun, party, go to dances, but this is the time where you really need to focus and lock in to be able to set up your life. And, um, I took that, I took that serious. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's so on a much smaller scale, I've, I've had a few people message me saying, oh man, your, your stuff sucks, blah, blah, blah. It's like, for me, it's one or two. I'm not a huge, yeah. ch- not a huge channel yet. And so it's like easy to block those people, get, get rid of it. I, for you, like you've had a, a large following of people on, on social media. And I've, I've looked at some of the comments and some things are not, not very nice. I mean, as a, an athlete, you know, every, like people that aren't, in the you know like that are fans that are just you know the figurehead saying stuff might think oh she's not going to see this i'm i'm going to say hannah sucks this is she's dumb blah 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 and she's not going to see it but i'm it sounds like obviously you athletes do i mean what's it like going and you're training your entire life for these couple like you know splits of seconds and then you <laughs> see some random person on twitter saying hannah stinks you know she's terrible like what well, could you break that down on what it what it's like going through some of that type of stuff? Um, I actually used to read them purposely, and sometimes I would print them out and put them on my wall um, and use them as motivation. Like the days that I was like, oh, I don't want to work out today. And then I'd see that comment, I'd be like, you know what? Maybe, maybe I do. Maybe, maybe I do. Maybe I, maybe I should go out there, you know, even though today I feel like today's an 85%. I'll go out there with my 100% of the 85 and do what I can do. And um, it's hard though, like, don't get me wrong, block, blocking out the, the comments, you know, so that's why I think people need to have a cleanse. Like you need to do a social media cleanse and just not look at it sometimes. Um, Cause I mean, and a lot of them, you can't take them too personal because they're from fake accounts. Like if you're, you know, wanna say this and that about me and it's from a fake account, I'm not gonna take you serious. I mean, you weren't even bold enough to put your name, you know, so why should I even take your comment serious? But it, I have, there have been a few times where I've quoted, you know, some nasty comments or things where people didn't know what they were talking about and, you know, kind of gave them a little clap back. But uh, <laughs> I've tried to refrain from that because I realize people will um, put more negative comments just so their comment can be out there. So I've tried to uh, lay low on that, but sometimes, you know, you, people kind of just think, oh, we're just, we're just athletes. And it's, we're way above that. We're human, just like everyone else. We have feelings. If, you know, a right, if a Starbucks barista, you know, had 20 negative comments on her Twitter or, or more every single day, they're going to be affected regardless of, of what people, you know, think or say. So I think it's just, you know, having to balance it and just not take it to heart. Um, and sometimes, you know, people are only looking from the outside in. So they have no idea. Like some people have commented, oh, um, actually, I can remember one. Some uh, 2016, when I pulled up at NCAA, a girl was like, um, you know, she was afraid of that work, basically saying I was afraid of the competition. And I was like, I had to quote it back. And I was like, um, 
now when I'm back healthy, you can get my work. And because uh, I was hurt. So how are you, you know what I mean? How are you going to go out there and be like, oh, I was afraid to compete. First off, never been afraid to compete. And, and you don't even know what's going on behind the scenes. So it's like, you just can't, you know, time and a place for everything. I feel like. <laughs> yeah. Every, every now and then you got, you gotta, you gotta say something. You can't, you can't uh, reply to the, the username one, three, three, four. Yeah. The but, troll uh, accounts gotta stay the troll accounts. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and so then one, one of the transitions. So then you, you ended up going to Oregon before we get into your, your experience there. Oregon's known for their their jerseys and having awesome different colors and patterns and a whole bunch of different stuff. What would you say as your time in Oregon was the favorite uniform that you had that you guys were able to to rock during it? The I liked the green, um, the green top with the duck on it, and I we would usually wear black bottoms with it. And I liked the Bowerman uh, jersey. I think that was one of my favorites. But that's the the, the black one am I thinking of yeah, it's like black and it kind of has yeah just different colors yeah yeah cool. yeah those, those ones are sick yeah I, I like the when you guys utilize the duck it's it's awesome I like, I yeah, like I that love a lot it. too, Me too. <laughs> yeah and so so you mentioned um you know earlier on you had it was a little rough to begin with getting to Oregon but then it, it started to you started to find your stride and then obviously winning a, a national championship um, could you talk about what led up to, um, you know, what your, your kind of breakout performance there in, in 2017? Um, you know, I just, I just really believed in my coach and I just, whatever he told me, I just stayed really consistent with it. Um, I, and for me, I don't think it was more like me trying to get more speed, but I knew I needed better technique. Like my start in high school wasn't that good. I just kind of popped up, started running. And so I knew there were things I needed to clean up. So my first year there, you know, I had some people come up to me like, you know, because in my block starts, I was probably in the slowest group in the beginning. Um, and they're like, you need to put your speed in there. And I was like, you know, I'm learning my technique. When I learn my technique, I can add the speed. And, you know, slowly I just started moving up in the groups and became one of the best block starters on the team. And I think it's just it's just consistency and listening to your coaches, because if you pick up on those cues and you learn them fast, the faster you'll progress. Um, and so for me, I was just listening to the little things that I needed and getting quicker off the ground, just little cues that they gave me um, that just it just really helped me build. And of course, I had, you know, Jasmine Todd, Deja Stevens, Ariana Washington, um, and those were literally the, the best training partners you could have, you know, yeah. <laughs> Wallace, like we could go down a uh, Raven Rogers, we could go down the list. Um, so yeah, it was just having that competition, having coaches, you know, who, who pushed you, who believed in you. Um, and, and just, and just listening. And that's just kind of what, what built me up. And then um, I got hurt, came back, rehabbed, got ready for, you know, nationals indoor and, and to me, I just, it was just something in my head. I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to achieve it. I didn't really think going in, you know, I need to be undefeated or put th this and this time down, but I knew I wanted to win nationals and it was an event that I, I should easily do it. And, um, and it was actually two weeks before nationals. I had my hamstring flare up uh, indoors when I won. So that's kind of why my time wasn't, wasn't as, cons you know, I expected to go seven Oh again. Um, so it wasn't as good as what I wanted, but I was still able to get the job done. So can't, can't be mad at a national championship at all. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah, you got when you when you get it, that that's it's awesome. Whether no no matter the time, when it when no matter it's the awesome. time, right? <laughs> and if if I remember correctly, I can't. I might be mixing up my races, so correct me if I'm wrong. But it was okay. a a very close race too. Like it was like a a lean. Like it could have from the naked eye, it could have been you or I think was it the lady Jay from Kentucky. Yeah, yeah, really could have gone either way. I mean, what was it like being having it be such a competitive race as well, and not just like a I'm taking it out from the from the gun. Well, I mean, they kind of held us a little long for commercial, so I knew I kind of had to reset my mental. Um, you know, kind of I was like real jittery, and I just had to kind of chill out um, until we were able to get our practice start in. Um, and my start was horrible, and I remember getting out, and I was like, I can, you know, you can kind of see peripheral. Damn, they're way out uh, in front of me. And I remember telling myself, I was like, I do not want to lose this. Like I worked too hard and I just came up and I just stayed loose, relaxed and just kind of floated right through. Um, you, you just can't panic. Like when you see people get out in front of you, you just have to be really patient. And it's kind of hard to do that in a 60 because it's so quick, but I just stayed really patient, upright and tall and just kind of gave my little lean, gave what I had. But I wanted that race really bad. Like it was going to take a lot for someone to take that from me for sure yeah yeah you, you got to have the the mentality of wanting to win and if you're like I'm there's like there's some things for me as well like for my goals was like I'm going to run at a division one school like ever since I was a kid I was like I'm gonna do it it's like I don't know what sport I'm gonna do I was like a baseball player at the time it's like it's not like a, oh I might do it. it's like no it's going to happen it's just it happens, you know, yep. when I get old enough and so yeah it's, that's what it sounded like it was for you like no I'm going to win this it's just a matter of time of you know, when's that's going to be. And Definitely. So you've been obviously very competitive, competitive athlete. And I believe it was just this past indoor season, other Oregon duck actually breaks your, your national record in the 60 Kemba. What's it like being, you know, having that record be broken, but also it's still being, uh, staying at the same school at least. Yeah. yeah. I, I was like, if anybody was going to break it, I'm happy it was a duck um can't can't be mad at that she's a real cool girl so I, I was like real happy for her. um of course I was a little upset my my name wouldn't be up there for the record but definitely happy it was, it was beat by a duck for sure yeah so it gets gets to stay in the school uh so we'll yeah. we'll, we'll allow that uh <laughs> and so over we've, we've mentioned it a few times but you've throughout your your year and one or career and one word that kind of comes to mind for me is is resilience and perseverance because it seems like whenever, like right when you start getting healthy and you're about to hit your stride, it seemed like, oh, something else was, was going to happen, whether it was a, a hamstring, a, a knee, maybe a concussion. It seems like just out of, you know, after like a year, like, okay, things are starting to, you know, go really well. And then you have a little bit of a setback. Could you kind of touch on like the, the mental aspect of overcoming these injuries and then, you know, tr having to trust your body at the highest level, because you know, you're, you're coming back and I'm sure there might be that thing in the back of your mind saying I know I'm healthy but but am I like could you touch on what that that's like for you um yeah I think for me it was just 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 doing what I'm told as far as the rehab and yeah trying to trying to keep a good mental I just I did things outside of track that kept me happy um especially when I was hurt um and just like I it really all goes back to believing in your potential because there have been many times where I could have, you know, just been like, Oh, I'm done. Cause it's, it's tiring. It's hard mentally, physically. Um, and especially when you feel like you haven't reached 
um, your end goal. So I think for me, it was like, it, it was tough and you have to have the right support system, but just always, you know, know your goals, believe in yourself um, and don't let people, don't let people talk you out of it because really we can all achieve what we want to as long as we really believe in it. I feel like, um, you know, just as far like world record, you know, a lot of people would say, you know, it's almost impossible to get, but it's just a number like, you know, if you think in your head 50,000 times, you know, I, I want to run 1045 and you go out there and you keep training for it, I think it'll come eventually. So I really think it's all about being, having a positive mindset, good support group and, um, and believing in yourself. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's great that you brought that up because I, it was about a year and a half ago, I had an episode and I was talking about the most unbreakable world records. And I was like, Women's 100, never, it's never going to be broken. And then that year we see Elaine Thompson arrive, dang near breaking. So it's like, all right, so I was wrong. Like there's obviously ladies can, can get to this record and, and it's achievable. And so it's not, it's, it's not just, uh, you know, like an untouchable, you know, thing. It's it, like you said, it's a number and eventually at, like it's, you're going to, to get closer and inch closer and closer to it. So it's, it's not like it's just this unachieve, unachievable you know, milestone. We've already seen how there's, it's very competitive this year with the amount of fast women that are not in, not only in the U S but also across the, the world right now. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, it was crazier. <laughs> for sure. For sure. And, and so with, with this year, I know, obviously you had some high aspirations. You're one of, one of the fastest uh, ladies going into uh, the 2021 season and uh, the trials didn't end the way that I'm sure that you, you wanted it to. Um, and what I think, if I remember correctly, like it was just, if you were in a different heat, pretty much, it would have been, you would have been all right. Uh, you know, time-wise, but it was just like, you were in the, the most, one of the most competitive heats right in the Olympic trials. I mean, could you kind of break down, you know, this 2021 season and how it just, it was unique compared to everything else to say the least. And then, you know, how it, it accumulated at the, the trials there for you. Yeah, I think, I think everyone, you know, kind of dealing with COVID that's been a, a big transition, not having fans in some meets, having them in, in others. Like, um, I think that's, that's a factor. Um, but yeah, my indoor wasn't, wasn't horrible, but it still wasn't um, as consistent as I wanted to be. I feel like I should be running seven, two low at worst and, you know, seven, one consistently seven, oh, like that should be my, uh, where, where I should be at. So, but I couldn't be too mad at myself because each indoor race, my times dropped every single from finals to prelims each race. So, um, you know, I had to take my, my positives from that. I wasn't running slower. So just keep going. I ran, um, seven, one, seven, two times in Boston, ended my indoor season there. Um, and then outdoor, uh, my opener was really bad. I feel like, you know, there were some things I could have changed before, before going there, but, um, yeah, my opener in Oregon was, was horrible, but I didn't let it, um, shake me because of what I saw in practice, like the week before, two weeks before. Um, so I knew my next race, I was like, I need to turn it up a notch. And then I ran the 1107, um, which was nice refreshing for me <laughs> first time uh, under 11 one and since I think it was 2017 um so yeah that that felt nice uh and just just didn't I just felt like there was some things missing um 
I don't know, in my Instagram post about trials, um, my previous races was like 1118, 11-21, 11-22, kind of going into trials. And I just didn't feel like I had my gear. Like I felt like my start was really well, but usually I'm a good closer. Like that's where I should, and I feel like trials, it was the opposite. Like I got out really well and I had no clothes. Like I just kind of stayed the same speed. Um, so for me, it was really frustrating because, okay, I, I'm healthy going in trials. And then they put me in a stacked heat, which I feel like they did on purpose. I mean, you put me, English Gardner, two, you know, two ducks in the same heat. Then you have Shakari, who's the fastest U.S. woman. You know, we had a really, uh, that heat was really stacked. But regardless of even if I was in another heat, I, I don't think I would have made it past semifinals. And that's just me being 100% honest. Just I didn't feel um, I didn't feel 100% me just as far as as just running wise. So, um, yeah, just a few changes I feel like I need to do going into this next year. And, you know, I've, I've changed coaches um, to try and make, you know, some adjustments that I want to do. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see, you know, going into this year to world indoors, world outdoors. And I definitely want to want to make my mark again. Yeah. It's there's a lot of stuff that's going on. I mean, yeah, partially because of the the shutdown, it made all of the majors just be happening within this very short and condensed period. And and I guess luckily for you, like you're you're right in that that age range of hitting like your prime, where a lot of short, a lot of sprinters, you start to see a lot of your fastest times coming around. That you know when you're in your mid mid twenties, and 20, so. Yeah. For, for you, like, what's the, how do you make sure that you're, you stay focused on like, you know, just one race at a time when you know that there's a lot of, you know, pretty big competitions coming up within the next few years here? Um, I, I think you just have to look at each race, you know, break it down and just take your small improvements. Like, what did you do good in this race? What do you feel like you can improve? And then you go back to practice and you work on that. And you want to see that those adjustments that you made in practice in the next meet and you just kind of have to keep checking, you know, checking off the list and just getting, getting done what you feel like, you, you know, you need to improve. So I think that's, that's the most important for sure. Yeah. And so we've seen a few, uh, a few races have happened. I mean, well, by the time this is releasing yesterday was Christmas. So Merry Christmas to everybody. But um, so we're, we're seeing the, the indoor season is, is finally getting started. We've seen a few people compete already and, and we're going to see a lot of people starting in the new year. Have you made a decision on, you know, what your calendar is going to look like for how you're going to compete uh, going in this year, whether it's places you're going or, or how many times you'd like to, you know, ideally uh, step foot on the track? Um, I want to have a really aggressive indoor season, um, just to get some races under my belt. Um, and as well as, you know, my goal is to make, to try and make that team. So just to, yeah, be consistent indoor. Um, I only know my first two races, I think Alabama, I'm going to do like a warm up 60, four by two and a, and a, they say a four by four. I don't know. <laughs> But um, that'll be my, you know, Alabama kind of little opener. And then I think the next meet I'll go to is one in South Carolina. Um, and then after that, I have no idea. I'll probably go to one of the American Track League indoors for sure. Um, and then, yeah, after that, it'll whatever my agent calls me and tells me. <laughs> <laughs> four by four. When's the last time you ran a 400? Uh, focusing on the, you know, from 60 to the two. How, when's the last time you did one of those? 
the last well I did do a 400 2020 in Atlanta okay. um but it wasn't you know I wasn't like <laughs> yeah it was under a minute but I made it <laughs> you, know, you got to the finish line in one piece that's what matters right. one piece <laughs> but the last time I did it like a real four by four was seventh grade at AAU Nationals we ended up getting third so it wasn't horrible I think I split like 55 56 like it wasn't mm. but so we're doing a major throwback this year to, to seventh grade. Maybe, 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 maybe. We'll, we'll have to see. They and tried to they brought it up to me today and I'm still kind of, we'll see. <laughs> it's like, oh, maybe, well, maybe uh, I'll have something going on that weekend. Uh, the four by four. Right. <laughs> we'll have to see. Or, you know, during the four by four, I'm going to have a hamstring cramp. Yeah, so. like, ah, <laughs> feeling a little tightness. Then right after, you know, I'm feeling pretty good, actually. I think I'm doing, I think I can, I think right. I can do something else. <laughs> But uh, so before we, we close out, was curious. So meet, what does a meet day look for you? Like, so what from, from waking up to actually putting on the spikes on the start block, could you kind of take us behind the scenes on, you know, what does a preparation day look like as you're, you're getting ready to get ready to compete there? Um, I wake up, get, I immediately try and find some breakfast. If I have to order it or go pick it up somewhere, I'll do that. Um, and depending on when the race is, if the race is a little later in the day, I'll try to do a shakeout before I eat, um, just in the hotel, get, get my body moving, um, eat my food, kind of relax. I might go on FaceTime with one of my friends who I know can make me laugh, kind of get me out of my element, um, and not so focused and zoned in. And then, um, yeah, get dressed, do my hair, makeup, listen to music. Um, and before I leave the hotel, Every time I like to get on one knee, pray. Um, some I've, I've tried to definitely be consistent with since a young age. So, you know, sometimes I'm in a rush, so I can't do it. So I'll pray in my head. But um, and always, I always try to read a passage from the Bible that uh, inspires me or, you know, just gets me motivated for that day. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, I just I li- put my headphones in, get on get on the bus and, and get to the track. <laughs> There you go. There we go. Just like probably a lot of people listening is like, oh, wow, that's actually very similar to what I do. It's like, right. yeah, at the end of the day, it's like, you know, we're going to a track meet. We all it's not like you're crazy. It's like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm running 30 miles to the track. Like it's, it's nothing crazy. Just it's like yeah. put your pants on one leg at a time like everyone else. So it's, yeah. it's nothing crazy. Then last one for you. So you said you like to listen to the to music before you're going. What artist or song or whatever it might be, what thing on the playlist gets you the most in the zone, most hyped up, uh, you know, nowadays? Recently, I would say um, Future, Key Glock, um, some Megan Thee Stallion songs, actually. It just depends on what kind of mood, because some days I'll listen to to real slow music. Um, you know, I'll listen to like Summer Walker or just just to keep my adrenaline low because when I if I turn on like the the fast hip-hop too early then I'll just I'll be you know just super ready like too quick so I kind of have to keep myself mellowed out and then you know play like three or four upbeat songs but I don't like to keep my headphones in too long either during warm-up I kind of like listen to it before and then take them out um during warm-up I feel like I don't know if it's a superstition of mine, but if I keep my headphones in too long, I don't feel like I run as good. <laughs> so I just, I'd like listening to it, you know, getting on the bus, getting in the car, getting to the meet. And then, um, and then, yeah, a little bit while I stretch and then I kind of take them out. 
Awesome. And then are you, so are you Apple music or, or Spotify or something else? Apple music. Let's go. People hate on Apple music. I'm, I'm team Apple music all the way. Love to hear yeah. that you are as well. Let, let's go. Spotify doesn't have all the songs. Exactly. That's what I've, I've been, I've been trying to tell people for years, hop on the Apple music train. I get a lot of hate for it. And really? a lot of hate. All my friends are Spotify over here. And they're like, yo, they're like showing off their Spotify wrapped. I'm like, yeah, you can have that. I got, I got the, the actual stuff I want to listen to. So I'm glad to hear I'm not the only one. With, with oh yeah, no, definitely not on that one. Yeah. I used to have Spotify when I was younger, but Apple music came out. Yeah. I thought that was the, the new best thing. There we go. Love it. Love it. Well, Hannah, thank you so much for taking the time for doing this. Uh, I really do appreciate it. Uh, where could people go if they wanted uh, to learn more about you or, or follow you on, on social media, all that, all that type of stuff? Well, I am doing a new segment um, called Voice It With Hand. Um, that'll be on Vimeo. And I believe you can find it through the American Track League. Um, we haven't released anything yet, but in the works of it. Um, and then Hannah MC5 is my Instagram. Hannah Cunliffe 5 is my Twitter and TikTok. Awesome. Sounds great. Thank you. Thank you so much for taking the time, Hannah. And thank you so much for everyone listening. This has been another episode of Track World News. If you want more content, go follow us on Instagram at Track World News. We post different highlights, clips, things like that. So definitely go tune in over there. Um, yeah, that's going to be today's episode. Have a good one and peace. Thank <laughs> you.